Welcome back to another episode of the Rip Thrill Podcast. It is episode 43. It is Wednesday morning, 12th of May, 2021. And welcome, Shawnee Tobin. Robbo, what's going on, mate? How was the drive up this morning, man? Uh, a bit longer than last week, but I, I still managed to get... Yeah, I, I left a little bit later than I should have, but I still got in. here in time. Yeah, got just a little bit, but... Uh, uh, didn't miss it this week. I found the biggest building on the street and walked straight in, so it was nice. Yeah, I forgot my pass this morning, so I had to get uh, Mark from uh, the SCN to come let me in. I borrowed his pass. But welcome, Jack, as well. He's not does have a microphone, but welcome, Jack, our combat producer. Well, and long-time listener. Long-time listener, second-time yeah. producer. That's his second episode on, so. Absolutely. Now, the team is here. We're ready to rock and roll this a, morning. We've got a big one today. Absolutely. We've got a special guest coming in, joining us a little bit later on. Yeah, we'll be calling in Mr. Miss, Mr. Rolls-Royce himself. Um, that's what we're calling him. He's having a good year. I think someone from GWS has called that, but we'll take that off him and give it to our bloke. But we'll, we'll call him later. We're not going to tell you who it is till the end, so we'll go from there. Absolutely. But how you been, mate? Run me through. What, what, what have you been up to? Uh, so this week's been, uh, yeah, this been been a bit big week. We've obviously got the, uh, well, I think I might have mentioned it to you, but we've actually got an Ablett Wines release at the moment with uh, Gary Ablett Jr. Yes. and Gary Ablett Sr. So yep. that's taken a, a fair bit of my time, um, sort of getting that through the Drinking uh, it or marketing uh, it? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> got my bottle yet. I've actually been what? trying to get it through. Yeah, no, so we've... Uh, We've got that off the ground. That's been selling really well. So yep. anyone out there that wants to secure a bottle, they are going to be signed by Gary Ablett Jr. and Gary Ablett Sr. Uh, so that's been uh, that's been exciting. How do you and get a bottle? Uh, so you got to get uh, www.ablettwines.com. Uh, so all the information is obviously uh, all available. Uh, and uh, they're selling like hot cakes. So they're only going to be around for a limited time. But every bottle is actually going to be signed by both AFL champions. Damn. Okay, well, there you go. I, I did try and get onto the, my, my red wine. Is it red? Yep. Yeah, yep. I did try and drink red wine for a while, but it gave me too many hangovers. So everyone's like, oh, you know, you can have a glass here and there with dinner and you feel great the next day. I was like, I, f- I got kind of tipsy of half a bottle. So I was like, I can't be doing that during the week. Well, well these bottles are prestige. This is, this is, I, don't think, I don't think anyone's going to be drinking any of these bottles. Uh, <laughs> it's going straight on the mantelpiece, is it? I think, they, I, I think from what we've been told, everything's going on the cellar. But okay, uh, okay. what about yourself, mate? Q Clash, big week. Yep. Uh, what's, uh, what's been going on? Well, okay, I had a pretty big weekend, to be honest. We had uh, Chance's first, second rugby game. So I'm not going to lie, I'm not one of those dads who, I'm, I'm not going to give him the fact that his first game was crap. Chancey Boy's first game, it wasn't that good. I'm is, not going to lie. Now, is this a father or a coach nah, talking? No, nah, this, this is just a spectator. It wasn't okay. the best game to watch, I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. He just didn't know what was going on. He only had one training prior to this game. So he trained on the Friday night, then played the next day. He had no idea. But he was enthusiastic. Looked had a lot of had a fun, um, and he was he was tackling when he wasn't meant to. It's still touch right now. But fast forward a week later, the kid's a superstar. I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna put all my effort into getting him to the Rugby World Cup in a couple of years. He is flying four tries, the match winner, Woo! and yeah, like it was. Of guess what? I wasn't there. But <laughs> but we probably didn't have the pressure of the dad looking over him. But um, no, nah, it was it was actually really. I was actually a really proud moment. I was uh at, at the captain's run, which if you don't know. A captain's run is the little feel-good session the day before the game, fill out the oval, get the legs going around, a few kicks here and there. So I had, I had to miss Chancey's game, but um, I got all the videos and stuff, and he was uh, he was pretty good. I was, uh, I'm pretty proud of him. I was a little bit teary, but... Well, well, and a fair few of the boys actually came down for the yeah. debut game, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did, so yeah. I was a bit embarrassed, but... Yeah. No, nah, there was about, about five or six of the boys came down to support Chancey. Um, we call him Guggers, which means uncle in um, Emma's language, so... It was it was a very good very good day first first game but yeah he's starting to find his straps and uh, I think he's got a little bit of a uh, Emma's speed in him which is great yeah so can can I ask how how did rugby happen is it his friends that are playing it is it the 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 the, the sport of choice at his school is it mm. just he's got a natural ability towards the sport mm. uh, because I remember being his age I probably played more AFL and basketball and I think you were the yeah, same yeah, yeah. Uh, why why rugby where's this come out of well, okay. Well, obviously, uh, we, we got him to Auskick, and I was, I was going to every training of his down at the, his local school, um, and it just felt like he was absolutely bullying everybody. He was, like, tackling, pushing over, tackling the girls, and I was just kind of cringing every time, and I could tell the parents knew that he was my son, so I was like, I was oh. just sitting there like, oh, his dad's just as rough. Look at his son. He's putting it all under him, but I just felt like I was a little bit... It was more of my fault of thing. I was just felt like I was a bit responsible for what was happening to the kids getting hurt and stuff. So <laughs> I said, we'll give Chance a year off footy and we'll come back to that when he's learnt a bit of discipline and understanding of what tackling and touch means. So rugby, I thought, you can get away with everything um, in Absolutely. rugby. So he's doing that. And I'll get, yeah, I think it's good for his footwork, tackling ability. Like you see people like um, uh, Kieran Jack and those blokes in Sydney Swans. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a um, rugby background. So yep. he's a, he was a superstar of the game. So I'm, I'm going to that avenue. But... 
it's fun. It's something good for me because you know I don't get consumed by AFL and I don't get asked a lot of questions by the the rugby parents. So it's all good. They wouldn't know who you are. They um, don't. Yeah. It's a great thing. I'm standing there, but and I'm wearing all my Lions gear too. They just still don't ask me any questions. Probably think I'm a big super fan, but nah, I don't. I don't really. Very nice. And, and unfortunately, you actually had some some household issues oh. that you had to during the week. Tell us about that. So okay, I'll give you a rundown. I've never been a cat person. Can't can't stand him. Then we yeah, got you and I both. Yeah. Then we got a cat, and I fell in love with this little guy. His name's Binner, which means ears in um, Emma's Aboriginal tongue. Um, and I, I don't know. Somehow he's jumped off a two-story balcony and broke his back leg in two spots. And Emma's taken him to the, the vet, had it checked out, got some scans. That wasn't cheap. And then he's gone. Yeah, mate. Uh, he's, he's snapped his back leg. Put it in cast. Apparently, it's a three to five grand surgery Ooh. cost. I don't know this kind of stuff. I'm not an animal person. Like, we got guinea pigs. I thought that, you know, if they pass away, God forbid, they, you know, they just chuck them in the back dirt. Mm. Like, I don't, not to attach to those guys. The cat, though, is starting to grow on me. Oh. And everyone's going to be like, oh, Robo, you play AFL, you have all this money. I don't. I don't have three <laughs> grand just sitting there for who a does? cat that I barely know. Yeah, who does? Like, if chance breakers, I'd be like, man, you reckon you can get on with that? Like, just put it in cast and you're good to go. Yeah. But. I think we're going to find out. I think it's called vet pay, um, and you can kind of like do a payment plan because, like, legit, I don't have three grand to pay for yeah. it. I don't want to get him put down and cut his leg off because I feel a bit bad. Yeah, no. Nah. We just got his nuts off literally like two weeks ago, and now we're doing this. So, and, and they're still too young to 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 have to worry. The about kids that. would be devastated. Like they were crying at the vet yesterday. So if I had to get old mate Binner put down, it'd be a whole other story. I'd yeah. say, oh, he ran away, kids. He ran yeah. away. You guys yeah. are too rough with him. You ran away. Yeah. Learn from that. <laughs> this is how you treat your animals. You treat your friends. But yeah, that was um. He he's at home chilling now. We had to take him in again last night because he was kind of howling around. He's in a bit of pain, so he gets surgery today. We'll figure that out. But um, yeah, that was about it. So but, you um, need some pet insurance brochures, or what are you? What are you? If do any here? of you sponsored out there looking around, we have a little <laughs> segment in the middle of our podcast that could be fantastic for you and your company. But uh, and also Mother's Day, I was I was mm. yeah, that's, that's game day. And for the people that know me, I'm uh. Bit of a grumpy asshole on, on game day. Um, yep. So I went out of my way in the morning. Shout out to Poppy Rose who um, organized some flowers, um, put a bit of cash into that. And surprised Emma with some breakfast. Um, I went for poached eggs, ended up scrambling them, and then I uh, took them up to her. So yep. that wasn't too bad. <laughs> Got the photo, some flowers. Like, that's, that's good by me. Very nice, very yeah, nice. No, well, and of course, you mentioned game day. The the it was a bit of an interesting game. I mean, I was really looking forward to the game. To be honest, I know we spoke about it. Fremantle you know, started really well, you know, at the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of an interesting game, and I know you said there was a few fans that kind of thought that you guys I'm should have right. slaughtered them from yes. from what I saw on Twitter. So Quite I saw you clap back at someone on Twitter and uh, yeah. and uh, let them know that look, no, they're they're a respectful competition. They're a respectful team in this competition, and the competition is very hard at the minute. But how did you see the game fold out on Sunday? Yeah, we, we spoke about Fremantle being a very danger game. Um, we were on the same win-loss ratio, four, four and three last week, uh, and we knew their best can beat anyone in the comp, same as ours, same as pretty much any team at the moment. Um, so we weren't going to the game thinking, uh, yeah, we're going to absolutely demolish a team and get up a percentage higher and jump up top four type scenario. We were just going in there to put what we've put in place the last prior three weeks um, and go into this game thinking if we win a contested footy, win clearance battle, territory battle, get the ball in our, in our forward line and, and utilize our tools that were a very good chance to win the game. And obviously, you know, we got out to a pretty big lead in the first half where I think this is where the comments came from because, you know, it was 50-point lead at half time, And for whatever reason, we might have gone away from what the process was in the first half and they came back in the last quarter and they won it by 10 points, I think. Um, and we, we won by 28 on the day. And it was a, it was a, I thought probably wasn't the best game to watch uh, in terms of, you know, skill and um, contest-wise. Like, it wasn't wasn't a big build-up. wasn't like something. It was just a, you know, just a pound-the-rock game. We got through and we got the win. That's all we really wanted to do. So the comments were kind of unjustified. Um, I know they probably expect us to be, you know, if you're a top team in the comp, you're, you're beating teams by 50, 60, 80 points, and that, you know, solidifies you as a good team. But four points for us is what we're going for every week. We don't care how much we win by, to be honest, um, as long as we're getting the wins. But, yeah, no, someone just brought to my attention on Twitter and I kind of said, you know, those comments frustrate me. I, I haven't forgot where we've come from. Um, you know, when Fags first got here, we, we won four games of the year. Then the next year we won five. The year after we won five. And then obviously we skyrocketed up the ladder. But we want to be a respectful team. Um, and we want our fans to be respectful as well. So that's kind of, you know, the, the culture we're building at the Brisbane Lions. So I'm sure they'll just, you know, a bit of tongue-in-cheek stuff. But I was just trying to remind them that, you know, we're, we're a club who prides itself on being respectful in that regard. So... 
I don't want us to go out there and be one of those. I'm not going to throw any team names out there, but we don't want to be like those guys. You know what I mean? I want to be like, oh, they're just, you know, humble. Although the early 2000 Brisbane Lions team were ruthless. They like, were. They were When ruthless. we start winning premierships, we can do that shit. Yeah. But we haven't were. got there yet. We're, yeah. still, we're still on our journey. So once we win one, you it's, wouldn't want to play against me. It's odd. Because I'm wearing that medal during the, fuck, <laughs> or during the game. I'm wearing it. On the field, I'm getting tattoo of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, look, oh, and, and what? So, so looking at the ladder now, that the Lions yep. sit fifth. Yep. Um, th- there obviously could have been some results like Geelong that that, that yep. obviously went the other way, and and things would be different. So, do you feel like now things are genuinely back on track with where the club's at? Um, yeah. As I was speaking before, uh, we're around eight now, so we've had a couple couple of four week blocks where we 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 split our seasons up into fours, um, just purely on the trends and stats, and you can kind of get a good feel of where you're at in terms of those, you know, plus and minuses, where you're winning contested ball, losing, what areas you need to improve on, yada, yada. So we feel like we're winning a lot of those things. Um, a lot of KPIs are making sure that we are in the game. Um, and we go into a game, I think every team's about, you know, defense first and then offense after that. So we're we're keeping teams to a low score, which is really good. Um, bar, bar round one, um, I think, you know, we're top two for scores against uh, in terms of keeping them at a pretty low percentage. So... We're starting to feel like we're getting that groove back for sure. Um, we've taken a couple of hits in the injury fronts, but a lot of blokes have been fronting up every week and playing their role. Brandon Stasevich is probably the most underrated defender in the comp right now. He's stopped some big names, mm. um, and he you know, kept Michael Walters to eight touches in the goal on the weekend where he's been usually chopping us up in the past. So him, obviously the man, McCluggage, who I'll drop it. We're, we're talking to him yes, soon. So we're talking yes. to McCluggage. The Rolls Royce will talk to him soon. He's been firing. Everyone's talking about Brownlow contention with him. He's leading the AFL coaches of um, votes at the moment. So... Him and you know young blokes like Devin Robinson coming in, Jackson Pryor, who's playing some pivotal roles for us, and obviously the motorbike river in um, Charlie Cameron starting to find his straps, and we still haven't seen the best Eric Hipwood and those guys. So it's very exciting times. Um, we just got to understand what what works for us and not get ahead of ourselves because we saw what happened in round one when we don't play to our, our potential, and um, it feels like we're starting to get on track here. Yeah, so and so obviously this week, the last few weeks, we've obviously seen the the showdown in in um, Adelaide that mm-hmm. obviously just happened on the weekend. The week prior was the Western Derby. Uh, I say Derby because I think that's how Jack. They say what do you it say, there. Derby or Derby? I've always said Derby. I think I say what do I say? Oh, it's a Derby. Derby. I don't, well, mm. I, I tend to say Derby, but they say Derby. I think. I think it's the other way around. I've always said, oh, it's the South Australian Derby. Yeah, well, I, I think say Derby. derby. Oh, I say yeah. Derby. I think. They're, they're backwards over there at times, so I don't know. We like, just say Q Clash. Yeah, we say yeah, Q Clash. Yeah. <laughs> we make it, yeah, very, make it easy for everybody. <laughs> we're, uh, we're obviously, uh, well, we're, we're, we're 10 years in. We're still trying to figure out what, what the Q Clash <laughs> is all about, the, the big toilet dish or whatever that they use at the end I of it. But uh, what, what's, uh, what, what, does, what does the rivalry genuinely feel like now? Like, Do you feel like there's a, a, a budding rivalry that's growing, or do you think that it's still some years away before – you know, the Brisbane Lions fans and the Gold Coast Suns fans are genuinely really passionate about what the Q Clash represents. I think it grows with um, footy in Queensland. Um, obviously, last year was massive for football in Queensland. The participation rates went through the roof. Um, the women's team, our women's team Lions, won the grand AFLW Grand Final, which is kind of building some a bit of notoriety about the league up here. Um, so I think as as the competition grows up here, we, we start getting that um, feel for the for the rivalry. Internally, yeah, it means something to us. Um, you know, they're down the down the coast and they're playing some good footy at the moment. And there's obviously been some um, incidents in the past. You know, Stephen May knocking out Steph Martin. They're both not mm. the club right now, but we've had a Took Miller and the the Zorko. For, that's been it, great to watch. That's that been fun. great, but I think we're over that to be honest. Yeah. Like those, I don't think Took's playing this way. I think he might have got no, suspended. So that's kind of like out the window with that. But there's always feeling there. Um, and every team says it when they go into a derby. They always talk about, like, it doesn't matter where you're on the ladder, it's always got a bit extra feeling. And obviously, from my, from my experience as being the back of the Blues, um, we had a few big teams that are our rivals in Essendon, Collingwood, Richmond, who mm. are, you know, very big ones for us. But it's starting to stack up a little bit now. Like, it's a must-win game for us. We're not going to go into this game thinking, oh, it's Gold Coast. Um, wherever they're positioned or where we're positioned, it's going to be easy. Like, they're they're a tough team. And we played them, like, twice in the preseason. Um, mm. And they, they showed some really good signs. And I'm excited for this game. It's, it's, it's a big one for us and for them. Um, and... I dare say there'll be some feeling in it. Going down the road to the Metricon, it's always hard to win down there. So, you know, they're, they're starting to make that a little bit of a um, a tough ground to play at. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really good. Although you have won a Marcus Ashcroft medal on that ground yeah, before. Mate. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you, back you, you were saying before you, you, you kind of own that ground. <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> I haven't said that. But, no, I did win one. Um, that's that's going on the mantelpiece. So, no, that's 2019. So I, I think I have to, I'm, I'm due for another big game at, at down there. But, 
no, in all seriousness, it's a really good game for us, and we're we're excited. We generally are excited to play against them. Um, we always look at the Q Clash, see where it is, um, and yeah, it's going to be a good one. They're a team that not many people have kind of yet worked out where they are. You see the reports, um, they're all like, what do they stand for? Like, you see all that kind of stuff. But mm. I know internally, like, Dewey would be, you know, revving them up for this week. Mm. Uh, they'll be trying to derail us and get a win over us. So it's not going to be rock up and just try and play your best footy. Like, they're going to be going hard at it. Yeah, I, I'm genuinely excited for what their future looks like. Yeah. Um, I, I had pro- probably some some stronger expectations on, on what I thought the team could deliver this year. And, again, injuries to key personnel has kind of sort of impacted them. They've yeah. seen, w- without a genuine ruck, it, yeah. it, it makes it so tough. Without a genuine it? ruck and their number one ball winner in Rao going down mm. too. Like, they've, 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 they've copped a few injuries. But in saying that, it's all about depth these days. And I'm sure they've got players who can come up. They're running a dual medium-sized Ruckman combo at the moment. So mm. we're looking forward to seeing how that goes. But now there's always going to be a bit of um, distaste there for Jared Lyons, those type of blokes who, you know, they got yep. rid of for free. So it's going to be one of those things we can't wait to get down there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and geez, hasn't he been just an absolute He star has been amazing. He, I reckon yeah. he'll be in AA contention at the moment. He stats, yeah. he goes on the radar because he doesn't do like the things um, that get a lot of praise for. But he mm. like he, he sets up our midfield every contest. Like he's so important to us. The, like the work he does during the week. Um, and I know these games mean something to him when he plays against his old mob. But he's uh, he's generally becoming one of the one of the best players, the most important players for our team. Yeah. Look, I mean, he he just he has absolutely surprised me. I, I don't think anyone yeah. could have envisaged that that Jared would would go on to perform the way that he has since yep. you know himself and and Lockie Neal have obviously come to the side. Yep. Um I suppose another former teammate and, and we wanted to talk about this because I know you've been in contact with him as Tom Rockliffe yeah. and uh we we've received some really you know unfortunate news in the last sort of 24 hours that unfortunately for 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 Tom he's he's kind of um Ha, ha, was experiencing some some um, some acute calf pain on Monday, yeah, yeah. and and was actually sent for scans, and those scans have actually since revealed that uh, after an ultrasound um, found deep uh, deep vein thrombosis. He's actually yeah, found some, some 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 blood clots, and geez, I mean, you you just hear those two words, blood clots, and you 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 generally start to to panic. And I know you've been in contact with him over the last twelve hours, and and he has reached out to you. Yeah, like this morning, I walked in. I was doing my little bit for um, Patton Hills, the the SEN show, and they mentioned that he had DVT, and I was like, David, isn't it like the blood clots where like you sit in the same position for an extended a period of time? So like usually like long flights, or if you know being bedridden for a long time. So I was kind of concerned with with that. Um, so I texted him straight away. So I know you were right, and he's replied pretty much instantly. I'm, going, I'm getting, he's in the hospital right now still. So um, he kind of just mentioned that he, you know, he's pretty lucky. Uh, he's had a hectic day. Um, he went to see a doc because he's had a calf. His calf and um, ankle was swollen up. So he went to go get that checked, and they found blood clots in there. Then they sent him to the Calvary to get a chest um, chest scan, and they found some on his lungs as well. So he's pretty lucky. It's a, he's on some uh, medication now, which will keep him you know out of the game for you know probably three months or so because you can't have contact when you're on these uh, medication prescriptions. So, you know, big shout to him. I, I was actually a little bit concerned this morning because when you hear that, you know, blood clots, it's not, not the best, um, you know, reaction to that. So he think he's in good spirits. Um, he, like he's, he's happy that he's found it earlier than later because it was a couple of days later could, you know, could go yeah. worse for worse. So no, shout out to Rocky. Hopefully he's doing well. I did ask him if I could talk about it. He said, yes. So um, we're all thinking of you, mate. Obviously he was a great captain for us, great player and a better bloke. So, um, he's going to be in our thoughts, but uh, he, he, I think he's on the men, so he should be fine. Yeah, re- really good to hear. And as, as you touched on, we're, we're sending him our absolute best, yeah. you know, during his time of recovery. And, and football would be the furthest thing from his mind. Oh, 100%. Um, at, at he's got a young stage. family now, so he's got more to think about. But, uh, yeah, he's on the men. He, he's happy with, like, with how it's all handling and going from there. But I literally thought we were about to play, we we're going to play him two weeks ago, and then this happens. So it's um, a little bit of a, a nuisance for him and a little bit bump in the road, but. Um, he's still got plenty of time on his contract, and he'll come back bigger and stronger, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now Tom's uh, Tom's teammate uh, Lysett, yes, who we saw obviously, uh, has since been given a, a four match ban. Um, you saw the the tackle. Did yep. you anticipate that the grading was going to be as high as four weeks? I think it's ludicrous the the four match ban for that. Um, there's obviously some reason why that why they put such a big ban on him, and I'm just trying to trying to compare his thing to. Um, McCartan, Paddy McCartan, Paddy yep. McCartan, how he obviously strikes someone to the face intentionally. Don't know the result of that, but got five weeks. Got five weeks, and Lysa's got four weeks for a, for a. I wouldn't say it's a sling tackle. He's just dumped him into the ground as a a big um, rough ruckman should do. That's how they play their game. You know, they're they're enforcers. Mm. He's a big boy. He plays on the edge like that. He was already on the way down with um, Ned McHenry, and he's just. 
had one arm pinged and that one's hit the ground. Like he's intentionally not, not trying to knock this guy out or ruin his day or give him concussion. Like that's not his plan. And the cap, the cop four matches, if that was me, I'd probably retire. I'd be like, I'm done with that. That's I, I just I'm, really, yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly think that's far too much for what he did. Um, I know we're all about um, saving players from concussion and looking after them and stuff, but if you want to eradicate that, just get rid of the, get rid of the tackle. What's the point of tackling like or taking people to ground? Like they're gone. We've been told from our juniors take him to ground, just dispose the ball, make hold it in, all this kind of stuff. If we're starting to give boys four matches, that's four games. Yeah. Um. For that, I think it's just you know, it's it's hard to fathom. It, it's it was. I wasn't expecting four. I, I thought. I thought two. I thought two was going to be two, a strong three statement. Max, like yeah. max, like if they're throwing the book at him. Before is like it's next level. It, so. it, it seems as though this is the statement that the game is making though from this yeah. point forward. That if you if you engage in a sling tackle and you make. Um, you you drive a player's head into the ground. You will be expected to miss four games. It's a whiplash. It's a it's a knock on effect though. He what, he didn't drive his head into the ground. He's just taking him to the ground with his one arm pinned and his shoulder hit it first, and then, and then his head's hit the ground. So, mm. I I just takes my mind back to Gibbsy when Gibbsy's like literally slung the guy into the ground and got a, a fair stint on the sidelines. Um, and this just didn't look like that. But I know I'm probably digging myself a hole, and that might come for me now. But that's just the way I feel about it. that. Shouldn't be a four match ban and. Um, I probably don't want to draw that negative attention to myself, but that's just that way I see it. I know I don't like it, and I'm sure Lysett and the Port Adelaide Footy Club don't like it, but uh, they'll just cop it. Yeah, so and Finlayson, I believe, may have been given a one-week He got match. one week for that for real. Yeah. And I, I, I know Finlayson, and I, he's one of my mates, and for, for for him to get one, it's probably not the way that I look at it, like striking someone with the elbow in the back of the head. Like, I'm not the cleanest player in the world, but um, one match, he, he'd be counting like a star, so that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now Richmond obviously made headlines earlier this week with, with Shea Bolton uh, and Daniel Rioli. Uh, I believe the incident took place on, on the Saturday night from from what I was reading. Yeah. Um, now, I think the story actually broke on Monday, and it, you feel for the guys a little bit because they found themselves in this really unfortunate situation. And, and reading from all the reports, it the, the Richmond Football Club have cleared them of any wrongdoing. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to, to speak to you, though, about this from, from I suppose, your experience finding yourself in in similar sort of, I suppose, headlines, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, can you shed some light on, I suppose, how they might be feeling? And I suppose what, what happens when you find yourself in that situation where you've, 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 you're at the center of a public incident. Who do you call first? Yep. Um, because as I mentioned, you've, you found yourself in these situations in the yeah. past. The first thing that happens, obviously, the, I just want to say the Richmond Footy Club handled this as well as I've ever seen it and the way they should handle it, back their players in, get to the bottom of what happened, do the thorough investigation and go from there. Um, the first thing would happen with whatever happened, they got involved, they're going to punch up, whatever happened, broke his wrist. We all know what the news is. The, the point of contact, you either call your welfare manager first thing. Like I don't know what time this was at, but the first you call him straight away. You talk to your mate. Obviously, they had a – I think it was um, his partner's uh, um, birthday party. Birthday. So there's a lot yeah. of other AFL players there as well. So, you know, they had a, a lot of um, uh, witnesses to see what happened. But the first thing to do is call you, you call your GM, um, whoever that might be, if that's Brendan Gale. I think it might be CEO. But, like, one of those yep. guys down there um, or your welfare manager who, who always had their phone on ready for that kind of stuff. And then it goes from there. Um, you can see it's in photos today that um, Rioli's got, you know, a pretty big bruising on the side of his face. So he's reported that he got punched in the face. And then that's when Shy Bolden came in and um, stuck up for him. And that's the thing. Switching off people. This happens all the time in Melbourne. Like, I'm thank my lucky stars I'm out of that place. Cause this is what happens all the time. You go out with a few drinks and with a few of your mates. You're a target straight away. You, you, as soon as you walk in the club, people know exactly who you are and what their intentions are with you. They'll come and pester you for photos or whatever it is. If you give them donuts, they'll start calling you like, oh, who the fuck do you think you are? All this kind of, like, they feel like threatened or disrespected by that s- scenarios. And for whatever happened, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm sure the AFL doing the thorough investigation now. As I said, they're going to do their part. Um, they're going to look at footage, uh, talk to the witnesses. We haven't heard anything from that guy who who apparently said the inappropriate thing or whatever happened. But, yeah, the mates are going. he's going to stick out for his mates. I've been through it, and what I did was probably – um, the opposite of what they did. I was, you know, Jeffrey Garlett was got hit in the head with a cone. Um, I, I tried to like break it up, stick up for him. I got King hit and gang bash pretty much. And then my concussion, I didn't even know what happened to be honest. So mm. the first thing I thought was like, talk to Jeffy. Jeffy was in hospital for a couple of days. I didn't even know what was going on really. So I just said, I was in, you know, I just made up, a, I was in a boxing thing with my brother and that was probably the worst thing you do. You, you got to, you got to be honest and tell them straight away. So they're on the front foot, which it sounds like they were. And, and that's the way Richmond handled it so well. So 
Um, they'll be going through a little bit. You know, all the media's like their number one story at the moment for the last few days, all over front and back page. And I just think it, the Richmond has handled it really well. Like, I'm not trying to stuck up to them, but, you know, Damien yeah. Harwick came out and backed their players, said, you know what, they don't condone violence, which no one does. But when people start on your, your mates or your missus, like, you're going to fly the flag regardless. We get taught to do it on field mm. since we start playing footy, and it's just in their habit. But I, I couldn't imagine if it was me in that situation. Um, I, I spoke about it before that my partner Emma was um, grabbed on the arm um, recently at a at a function um, in Brisbane at, at a footy club, and it was a male that was having a go at it because of, of me. And I don't even know the guy. He just was talking about, oh, who do you think you are? You, you know, you, your man thinks he's all this and all that kind of stuff. And got in her face and she came home distraught and told me. And I, the first thing I want to do is go down, go down there and whack him. And then what I was thinking was, what's going to happen? What's the repercussions from that? I'm going to be front page. I'm going to get in trouble. They're probably going to sue me for going down there and sticking up for my partner. This happens every fucking time you go out. Like it's not just once off. Every player goes through this um, and it's just – I know if they had the time again, they'd walk away. But for whatever said, we'll get to the bottom of it. Probably we'll find out soon what was said or what happened. And um, you'd be like, that's why the guy got punched. But, yeah, it's a tough one. I yeah. know they'll be going through a little bit now. But the first thing you always think is, like, oh, if the club backs you, Colton didn't back me. Um, after what happened, they threw me in front of the media. Two days later, with my face was all smashed up. Um, and that was pretty much the end of my time. So if I have my time again, I'll just be honest up the front. Um, it's just how you feel comfortable with the footy club that you're at. And obviously – They've got a great culture down there in terms of looking after their players, which, which they do very well. Yeah, you, you spoke about Richmond's handling of the situation, and and they were made aware of the um, the events on Sunday. So they yeah. were, they were told on Sunday. They didn't inform the AFL until Monday, I believe. But I, I quite like that they actually yeah. used that time to investigate and and determine the facts. You yeah. know, to really make sure that you know there weren't going to be any holes in in anyone's stories. And then they were able to go to the AFL with the with the information that they were given. So they they really handled it as yeah. best as they possibly could. And the media didn't get a hold of it straight away, which is kind of crazy for me because in Melbourne, if you see a player, like, it usually makes, like, I remember the big day out thing when my mates were getting bashed up and I jumped in and got involved. They literally had their camera phones out in two seconds filming everything and I, and literally 10 minutes later, the club called me and said, go straight home. There's footage of you, all this stuff. I, I'm just gobsmacked. It didn't come out until Monday when they, like, released their statement. So it just goes to show that, you know, the process, the way they went about it is very good. Um, and I think it's the right way to go about it because it wasn't any... He say, she say, no media is who's first, not the facts, not who's right. So they, they handle it very well. So um, kudos to them. And hopefully, um, you know, their stories check out and it stays that way. Um, and it goes to show that, um, you know, we don't condone, condone violence, but it, flying the flag for your mates. So so l- let's just backtrack for a second. You you kind of mentioned before that uh, whether you're an AFL player in Melbourne or, or Adelaide or yeah, Perth yeah. or Brisbane, you, you genuinely feel like a, a, a public target. Uh, when you go, you out. do. That's why the clubs have things in place. Like nothing good happens after one a.m. We always speak about that. Um, so everyone plans their drinks these days in terms of like where you're going to be, what's the what's the aftermath going to look like, how you're going to get home. No, not relying on Ubers or taxis at front of clubs. That's where like all the bad things usually happen. People get you know intoxicated and start on you there. Um, but it it is it is starting to get a bit better up here in Brisbane. Like um, when you first got up here, you wouldn't. No one really knew who we were. And then, like, now people start understanding who you are. And it's, they're, they're, I think Brisbane people are really good like that. Whereas, no offence to the Melbournians or anyone down there, but that's just the kind of culture down there when you go to nightclubs. You see there's eight teams. So it's mm. going to be bound to be players wherever you go down there. So yeah. And so so j- just on that, do you have to really, before you even decide to go out, do you have to take those extra precautions? As you mentioned, where are you going to get the Uber from? Yeah. Do you have to get a private area at the club to make sure that you've got a space in there, that yeah. you've got, you know, I suppose a safe place to be able to, to chill and, and and sort of relax from. Is, are those the steps that typically an AFL player would have to take in these venues? Yeah, we're not, we're not just popping bottles in the corner in the booth. We're actually – there's some reasoning behind that stuff where, like – Because if you are, I'll come next Saturday come, night. Yeah, yeah. We've got Jack, we've got the SEM one going down here, the, the, the Rithrock podcast booth, boys. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, yes, it is. It's like that. Um, in, in Melbourne, it's a whole different ball game, And in WA too, because it's, you know, just footy fanatics down there. So – um, we, we do plan ahead and it's something that we've, I've learned over my time. That's why I sit at home and play video games on weekends now because, um, my career means more to me than potentially putting myself in a situation where I have to defend myself or, you know, you get into one of those scenarios. So, um, yeah, every, 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 you know, we, we get, we get educated a lot these days from the AFLPA who do a great job, the AFL, um, integrity unit always talk to us about these things and 
Um, I think it's in a good spot. Unfortunately, it's happened on the weekend, but they handled it well, and I think it's a move on from that. Absolutely. And, and as we touched on, Richmond handled it as best as they possibly could. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's fantastic. And, and look, we, we're not going to talk about it too much, but uh, obviously there, there there were reports this week uh, surrounding Willie Rioli. Yeah. Um, you just you just you really hope that he's again in a really good space, and and you really hate reading about stories like what obviously he's found himself through this week. Um, do, do you have any feeling on, on I suppose, w- what, what the next few weeks might look like for him? I'm not too sure. I, don't, I didn't really understand where he was at in terms of um, coming back to the club. I think he got – I think he was allowed to come back mid-season and train with – I believe with, June. Yeah, was, June and train yeah. with West Coast. I think that's what was happening. So it's pretty unfortunate that, that, that this has happened for him. Um, you know, he's, he's probably had a horrible past year and a bit from when it all went down and for, for him to be so close to getting back to AFL standards to – go through this little lapse, um, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be another whirlwind for him and another dark time for him. So my thoughts are with him, um, you know, for for having it on him. You know, I'm not condoning that. It's, you know, it's a great thing for him. But, you know, you just got to understand his psyche and where he's at. So, you know, hopefully it's not all doom and gloom for Rioli and we do see him one day. But, um, yeah, it's a tough situation to put himself in. Yeah, look, and we didn't want to talk about it too much, but we weren't going to, to not mention it because obviously we, we try and, touch on every possible topic that we can yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. a player's podcast. But, uh, yeah, certainly for, for Willie, you just hope that he he is able to, to not let this stop him on his road back to, to the game. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that the, the West Coast Eagles welfare team will be throwing their arm it. around him and making sure that they give him the support that he needs and, and making it really clear of the expectations that, that he has, um, you know, as he, as he works through, you know, the steps that he has to take to come back. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Patrick Cripps, we spoke about it last week, yeah. but uh, obviously there was a, 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 um, there was a lot of commentary about his performance on the weekend and it just feels like the footy wolves are starting to circle around Patrick yeah. Cripps and I still don't quite understand it because this is a guy that uh, you know, I think finished second in the AFL MVP two out of the last three years. Uh, yes, he's going through a bit of a, a slump in terms of his performances, but geez, it, it, it seems as though people are very quick to write off uh, one of the game's best players in Patrick Cripps. I'm just trying to put my head, like, wrap my head around. Is this media driven, or is it, like, is this his managers throwing this out there? Because as, as people don't realise, when when players want contracts done, or they want um, to try and bump up some stuff, or get some um, clarity where they sit in the footy world, managers can go out there and start putting these little seeds out there, and the media pick up on it, and they start you know, going from there. So. I just don't know where it's coming from, to be honest. Um, he's been a massive. We talk about this all, he's been a massive servant for the for the Colton Footy Club. He's won games off his boot, off his shoulders. He's had injuries galore. Last year, I was talking to him. Um, started this year, and we're just talking off here how many jabs he gets, and his shoulders are busted, but he feels compelled to be out there for the boys. Like he's been a workhorse for them. I wouldn't mind seeing him if he's injured. I wouldn't mind seeing him just take a fucking few weeks off. Yeah, just to settle down, like. If, if it's latter in the year and, and the Colton don't look like they're going to make finals, just take a few games off. Like, it's not going to ruin your stature as a, as a you know, a tough player in and under ball. Nothing like that. So I, would, I just wouldn't mind seeing it. If he's injured and he's struggling a little bit with the with his season, there's nothing wrong with resting a player. Like, the NBA players do it for load management. I wonder why we do it. But yep. I don't know. If, if he goes somewhere next year for, for less in terms of, like, if they let him go because they're buying into this, you know, he's slowing down, he's getting old or whatever – Another team's going to pick him up and just absolutely thrive with him. If he's, he goes, if he goes to the I West Coast, I will take him right now. Like oh. I'll just take him up here, get him on our program, chill him out for a couple of weeks, and we'll go from there. But he he's generally one of the competition's best um, when he's up and going. So I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing everyone just chilling for a bit. Yeah. I know, like they got players in that in the team at the moment who should be pulling some weight and like taking a bit of pressure off him who they've recruited. So mm. I don't know. I don't think it's all it's all doom and gloom for Patrick Cripps, man. Well, I think as you mentioned, I mean, in an ideal world, they they probably would be able to rest him for a few games, but they're, they're one win outside the I know. eight. It's so close this year. That's why you can't like you got to you know. pick your games. I know. I, I say it all the time. There's um there's games that you know you know you're a very good chance to win. There's some games that that might be pretty tough on the road or. Like, look at Buddy Franklin. I think mm. he plays every second week, and we get told he plays every second week because the media go nuts when he's back in the team. So yep. um, something like that. Like, I know he's only young, but something like that, just, just rest him a couple times here and there. Like, I know he's probably the first one to say, no, I want to play, but it's just kind of that's where you, you, your PPT staff come in, you know, your you play development and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to see him at his best and, get, like, shut the headers up. Yeah. Jeez, I just if, – if, if, if the game is so quick to write off someone like that – I know. Um, imagine Robinson getting ridden off oh. after day. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's all good off you. But we do have um, our – 
guest ready to go. If you want to give him a call, he is ready to rumble. This is Hugh McCluggage, by the way. Um, game's most improved player, you could say, maybe? Oh, or just starting to find his traffic again? In the conversation, absolutely. Has to be. Well, he's leading the coaches' votes, which the coach give their 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 every week, and he's leading it. So we'll give him a call now, people. He's on, oh, he's on here. Hello. Huey McCluggage. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I, I didn't get any ringtones. No, it's all good. <laughs> Huey McCluggage, right. welcome to the Rithrill Podcast, mate. How are you going? You're with Sean Tobin and Mitch Robinson. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Good morning. How have you been? What have you been doing this morning? I know I know you're a you're an avid golf fan. Is that is that been your thing today or has it been it been rained out? Yeah, no, we got washed out today, so I've been down at Belimba with uh Cammy Rayner. Walking the dogs and running the link as well, so it's been a nice morning. So run us through what uh what what kind of dog you got, mate? I know this is um a kind of random question. What kind of do- I think you might have the the best looking dog at the club. You run run us through the dog crew. Yeah, so I've got a little border collie named Lola. Uh, we got we got the full house at home. We got two whippets as well. Ugh. Jared and Tommy both have a whippet, so uh, yeah, cleaning up the the uh, the feces isn't too much fun, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not the duty you want, but. No, it's good. It's probably, I don't know, I think Locke and, and uh, Tommy Fullerton with their two dogs would probably take the cake for the best looking, but the two border collies, but Lola, Lola's good nonetheless. Yeah, you, you eat some humble pie, don't you? I think I think Lola's, Lola's the best looking dog at the club. <laughs> She's got the blue eyes. So yeah, blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 Hugh, we, we wanted to ask you, mate, because you've obviously had such a, a great start to the to the year. I'm going to read out some names here. We've got Ollie Wines, uh, Tuke Miller, Max Gorn, David Mundy, and Hugh McCluggage, and you're leading the AFL Coaches Association out of those five key names who are all having tremendous seasons as well. How, how have you found uh, your 2021 campaign so far? Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's probably started a little bit slowly, as did the team, but... Um, yeah, we've started playing some really good footy and my form's probably just gone along with that. So it's been nice. It's always nice to have a purple patch and um, and find some form, which has happened over the last last few weeks. So, yeah, I can't complain. There's some pretty pretty amazing names in that group. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the, the first four rounds compared to the to the last four games. Uh, was there anything in the first four rounds that was kind of impeding your, your ability to, to have the influence that you're having now? Uh not really. We probably just weren't we weren't playing the footy that we wanted to in terms of our connection between between the lines and our ball movement. So um, it wasn't allowing us to, you know, move the ball freely. And and that's where, uh, as Mitch would probably vouch for, you can get involved, especially as a winger when when we're moving the ball well. So that that probably played a part. But yeah, things have just started to click, and it's been nice the last three or four weeks. Do you think the absence of our our great mate Lockie Neal has given you you know a bit more chance to get your hands on it, or a bit a bit more notoriety as well around around the AFL, or do you think that's it's just simply you know the fact that we're starting to move the ball better and uh, we're starting to play you know lines footy that we're capable of? Uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely played a part. I'll, probably more guys, including myself, getting a few more minutes through the, through the inside spots. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's been the been all all of the uh, all of the key or all of what's happened. It's been the way we've we've been playing, and everyone plays better when the team's playing better. So um, that's the main thing, I think. I think after the game last week, you 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 mentioned uh, post game that uh, the connection between the midfield and the forward group has really started to click in, particularly in the last two weeks. Has there been anything? Has that been a, a focal point behind the scenes to to have that group? Really working more cohesively together, or, or what? What do you feel has kind of helped change things around there? Yeah, I think so. Firstly, it's the awareness that that the connection is not quite there, and then it's training it and, and watching vision. And a lot of our reviews have, have been based around that: how we can work with each other better and uh, getting to get each other involved in the game. And then, yeah, we train it each Thursday as well. So, um, yeah, knowing that you're doing it and then training is the main thing. So you signed you signed a three year extension this year, mate. Was there was there something involved with that? Uh, you know, a potential winger partner that you have that kind of helped you with that decision, or <laughs> what, what? What was it? You, have, you haven't bought a house up here yet. We know that. Um, you're living with your best mate, Tom. Uh, not Tom Berry, Jared Berry. Oh, Tom lives with you. But what what, what was the reasoning behind signing such a, a lengthy extension? And um, we're going to go with that. Oh, Rob, you know, as long as you're around, I'll be here. So. Let's go. Um, <laughs> give me in the give me in the contract talks. 
Come on, Dom. That's a, that's a bond. We need bond for life. But um, no, I, I love I love being here, and um, we've got a really close group, as you know. So yeah, couldn't be happier. And it was it was good just to get it done and have another four years here. And it's not just yourself, Hugh. Uh, Harris is signed to the end of 2025. Uh, Charlie, the same. Uh, Barry, 2024. Rainer, 2023. So, you know, to have that nucleus, is is that obviously an, another factor to make sure, okay, you, you're not just signing on by yourself. You've actually got a, a core group of players that are going to be with you for the long haul? Yeah, definitely. That it obviously fills you with confidence when everyone else is buying into the same thing and, and signing on. So... And all those boys you mentioned there sort of came around the same time and are, and are all really close. Uh, so, yeah, it's extremely exciting and it's a really good core group to take us forward. Yeah, now I'm trying to start the campaign here, Hugh, to, to actually get Mitch to sign until the end of 2026. <laughs> uh, what, what, what would your thoughts be? Can, can, I, can I have your vote of confidence to, 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 to know that you'll be backing me in here? Don't have an answer to that. Matt, I'd absolutely love it. He, he's uh, playing some really good footy at the moment, so it'd be, it'd be great. I don't know. What are you, you got in? You got it in your brother. I what? can't even kick fifty meters anymore, mate, with, without kicking out on the full. So you don't even need me. <laughs> Anyone can play in my position these days. No, nah, but Shuey McClay, I give, I give, I give, <laughs> I give you a last one, mate. You're obviously pretty humble, pretty you know introvert, quiet guy. Um, how you how you dealing with the media attention at the moment? I know you, your face has been thrown around a fair bit. Uh, you know everyone's saying that you're probably leading the brown at the moment. You're leading the coaches' votes at the moment. How you dealing with that? You're just going to go from day to day business, just keep doing your thing, or you kind of like it's it's a nice little pat on the back, but it means nothing. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty stock answer, but, um, I don't really, I don't really look at it too much. It's, it's a, it obviously is a pat on the back, um, to hear things and, and for the coaches to think you're going all right, but at the end of the day, things can change pretty quickly and you've just got to keep, keep looking to get better because the game keeps evolving. So, um, yeah, it is, it is a great reward at this stage, but you can't take anything for granted. Yeah, mate. Um, quick one. Who is a the the most improved golfer of the club at the moment? I want I want to understand this because I'm not a part of the little golf crew. It's not my forte. But how how are we yeah. going down there? Do you want to give a shout out to anyone that you might might be improving or who's jumping on board who might have all the gear, no idea type scenarios? <laughs> to be honest, the golf crew is actually diminishing as oh. as the weeks go by. We've got a few boys with young families now and. Um, <laughs> But I'd say Harris Andrews is one. No, really, no, really no, we can cut that. that. We can cut that. I, I hate, I hate to give that. him a pump up, but he's going all right, the big fella. Oh, okay, because you you were you are a pol- you are a part of our Call of Duty chat, and you've been giving absolute donuts. And I actually put the question <laughs> on yesterday, just to see. I'm like, I was kind of questioning myself too, because you, you know, playing your best footy since you've gone off the Call of Duty um, bandwagon, and uh, I'm going backwards. So you kind of miss that chat, or, or you don't really give much any day. What's going on with the Call of Duty there, mate? Oh, I keep a keen eye on it. Um, I, I don't reply too much, but <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think it's got anything to do with it. I'll, as I said yesterday, I'm more of an off-season Call of Duty guy than anything, so I might be back on by the time that, that rolls around. All right, we, that's, that, that, that's enough for you, Hugh McClage. We I want to give you a big thank you for coming on. I know you're probably our second person we've had on the phone, and the first guy we've had on the phone in our new podcast studio, SEM, might have to get you in here for a full-length interview, Dave, to be honest, but... Thank you for coming on here on your day off, mate. Really appreciate it. You keep doing you, and I'll keep pulling you up every time you don't come off the ground when you're meant to, mate. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no worries, mate. Thank See you, Shu. Love you. See you later. Say it back. <laughs> Love you too, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. Catch you. Bye. I, I, go, I go out of my way to make him awkward. Like, I don't know if you could feel there, but like in the gym, everywhere, every chance I get, I'm like in his ear, like sniffing him and just annoying him and... Oh, I just love that guy. You, you mentioned the Brownlow Medal. I'll tell you what, he's a the one leading bookmaker has him as a bit of an outside favourite. Um, if I was if I was allowed to bet on it, I'd chuck money on him. Oh, he's on, only getting yeah. be, he's getting better. He's only yeah. getting better. He's twenty three, man, and oh, he's no. engine in his tank that he, he can run games out regardless. It, it's it's actually extraordinary when you look at his his draft class. Yeah. So if you look at Andrew McGrath went uh, number, number one. one. Uh, Tim Taranto, uh, Tim Taranto went uh, number two. Oh, did he go? oh, Hugh went three. Yeah, and then Hugh went three. But if you ask any of those clubs, would they rather one or the other? They, I reckon they would all take their own place. I think so. Yeah, so it's 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 genuinely one of those you really rare times get, you really get that. where everyone genuinely feels like they won out of that draft. Well, all their players are delivering what they they expect them to do. Mm. Um, we've obviously got uh, – we probably didn't expect Hugh to play wing as much. He's obviously a genuine ball winner and – I didn't think he had the, you know, the contestability. Like that was the, that was his draft thing. I didn't think he that was his game. 
play on the outside, I mean. So mm. for him to be able to do both is crazy. And he, with ball in hand, I don't know if you saw his little pirouette he did on um, Fife oh, and that other guy. Special. That was amazing. Um, yeah. He's got – he's probably the cleanest in the wet and in the dry he can hit targets out of his ass. So he's yeah. he's honestly like – I know he's my winger, my winger best friend, but <laughs> he's my favourite player at the moment. Well, well we mentioned Ollie Wines, Tuuk Miller, Max Gorn, David Mundy and, and Hugh all having tremendous years yeah. and he's the one who's leading – the AFL CA Coaches Association Award uh, after eight rounds. And after yeah. eight rounds, that's when you genuinely have a really good feel of the competition. Yeah, well, I think he's been in the AA squad, All-Australian squad for the last mm. two years. Um, and they've you know they've had no backbone, no selectors. They haven't put anyone on the wing who's actually a winger. So hopefully this year, like, it's not it's not about that, like, being rewarded or that stuff. It happens at the end of the year when you can, like, put your feet up and look at what happens. But He's genuinely an AA player, um, and mm. we're so thankful we got him. And he's signed on for an extra three years, so it goes to show that his faith that he has in the club and and the mates that he has around him who signed on too. So, Huey, you probably won't listen to this, but I do really appreciate you, mate. Absolutely. Now we might do our tips for the week. Yeah, we what do we got, Jackie tips. boy? I was terrible tips. again last week. I am. I am. I just. I wanted to be a recruiter. Like in the back of my head, I thought I could be a recruiter, like understanding teams and all that stuff. I suck at tipping. Uh, list management was one thing that you said you wanted to go into <laughs> after all this was done. I can't, I can't pick anything at the moment. So. <laughs> Back in the Blues last week was a bold, that, bold strategy. And it nearly came off. Uh, yeah, it nearly came they off. They were 27 great. points up. Yeah, they shouldn't have lost that. 27 points up. Yeah, they shouldn't have lost that. So I, I nearly had that. a smoky there. Yeah, no, you did. You did. Who we got? Who all we got, right, Jack Friday Ringer? night, we've got Saints versus Geelong at Marvel. Give, Geelong. Give me Geelong every Geelong, week. Geelong, Geelong. See that third quarter? No, I didn't. Actually, uh, I did watch a little bit of it, but I was I tipped Richmond, so I was like, Phew. "Oh man, that third quarter was it. Yeah, that yeah. was easy." Saturday, we've got Swans versus Collingwood at the SCG. Swannies. No, I, I'm Ooh. choosing Swannies there. Depending if Buddy or not, I, I don't really. Yeah. I don't really read too much into the, the Buddy factor. I think they're they're just as good without him at the moment. Um, so I'd say Swannies for that one. They're playing some good footy. I mean, and they push Melbourne too. And, and Sydney is sitting six still. Like yeah, they're, they're six in the they start on fire, and they're, they're probably like the younger players have been rested a few games here and there and stuff. They'll come back, but oh, look, I'll probably have to go Sydney as well. Yeah, yeah. thank you. There we go. Uh, for our down south cousins, we've got Hawks versus Norths in Tasmania. North versus Hawks. Oh, I'm gonna go Hawks in Tassie. Yeah. Are oh, they both? They're both they're Tassie both teams Tassie, now, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Where's the plate at? Oh, you got me there. Uh, I know it's in Tasmania. Let me it get could be if, if it's down south. University of Tasmania. That oh, that's up. Be, that's up north. That's up that's north. Up north, north. Yeah, I'll go north Hawks. I'll go Hawks for that. I'm going. I'm going north. I think north. Uh, they, have they won a game yet? No, but they've been pushing teams. You know, up until halftime, and and as you said, Noble's. You I did, know, text, I did to text Noble during the week, and he replied, which is actually he didn't reply when he used to work here. So <laughs> okay, that's yeah. uh, it's pretty good. Thanks well, for replying. Well, well, we know he always listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, he did always listen. He was the first person to listen to the podcast. He would have to sign off on it. So yeah, we yeah. we know he's uh, we know he's listening. Oh, look, I'm going to go north. I'm going to stick with Noble. Right, that'd be north. a good one. Yeah. Saturday, 4.35 at Metricon. It's the Q Clash, Suns versus Lions. I'm going to go to Sun. Nah, just kidding. I'm nah. going on the Mighty Lions. <laughs> Come on, boys. Look, I, 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 I think this is going to be a tough one for me. I will be there. Um, yeah, because uh, for the people who don't know who might be just tuning into the podcast, you used to work at the Gold Coast as a media manager for five years? Uh, six. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. six years? Six, yeah. Just yeah, in his face then. Give me six. Come <laughs> on, don't, like, don't shed me a year now. Like, you played 190 games? <laughs> 200. Come on now. Come, Come on. on now. Yeah, so you worked there the for six years. years. Yeah. yeah, through the start of the, the start of their campaign. Um, so you got a little bit of little bit of love for them. Yeah, I, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would like to see... Uh, I mean, I'd like to see a very good Q clash, but given where Brisbane's are at the moment, where given where Brisbane is at the moment, I would I would be tipping Brisbane to to get to get this win. But look, I, I want to see the Suns turn up and play well. Yeah, I don't, but I want uh, I would I like a good good clash. Well, well, they need to play well at Metricon, so they yeah. for their members and fans, they need to see something. So I, I want to see I want to see a spirited showdown from uh, from the Suns, but I'm picking Brisbane. Yeah, it's going to be great anyway. I mean, that time of day, we've got the footy fields out there. It's a uh, great be, place to play. It'd be good for it to be sunny for once. It's always wet. Oh, it I swear, is, like it's, it doesn't rain all week, next minute, it's a weekend, oh. rain, rain, hail. It's crazy. Always, always. Late game on Saturday, uh, Tigers versus GWS at Marvel. Ooh. I'm going GWS. Nah, I'm going Richmond. I'm going GWS. I think they can cause an upset oh, Bolton's there. out now too. Yeah, with the week that I I've, I have a feeling, uh, man, Richmond have been through some weeks and sort of came out the other end and dominated. So I don't uh, I don't think they really care about uh, but, but the G- week. G- GWS is sitting ninth. A win pushes them back into the eight. Uh, 
you know that they that that's a game that they can win at Marvel. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go GDOs too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going oh, Giants, I know. Is. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Bulldogs at the Adelaide Oval. Oh, oh shit. This now, is that's hard. a game. That's game of the week. That's, that's game. yeah. That's, that's game of the week. That's a hard one, man. I don't know. No Lysep. Who's their backup, bro? That's the next question. Um, oh, um... Because well, they lost Paddy, obviously, a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, so um, I, don't think, I don't know who their backup Ruckman is. Yeah. It, it would have to be Dixon, wouldn't it, on the field? Uh, yeah, but you're not moving Dixon out of the no, forward line. No. Um, I'm, going, I'm going Bulldogs for sure then. Like, uh, I know, like, we, yeah. we, we, play, we played Collingwood without, without a Ruckman. They'll, they'll have someone there, mm. and I'm probably forgetting someone's name, but I'm going Bulldogs. Port at home, though. Because life's, yeah. They're like Geelong at GMHBA. Yeah, they just yeah, you've never you've lose. Yeah, apart. Yeah. They just we never talk, we talk lose there. Um, oh, and they, they bring out the scarves at the start and they sing the song. It's and... actually, like, without giving them, like, too much praise, it's actually one of the most, all, like, it's a good feeling. I sit there when they're doing it and, like, listening to it. I'm like, that's, mm. that's cool. On the oh. field. Obviously, like, they're trying to intimidate you with that, but I reckon it's yeah. a cool sceptical. It's, it's, it's great. David Kosh, who came up with the uh, Koshy, who came up with the concept. Was it his? Oh, hats off! Do they pay? They got pay that band. Oh, I reckon they would have to by now. You if would they don't. never yeah. tear us apart. I reckon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, I reckon Port's gonna get it. Yeah, I go Port yeah. too. But what a game! Yeah, that's game of the week. When's yeah. that Sunday night? That is Saturday, seven forty. Oh, bang! Good game. I might have a couple of frosties with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sun- Sunday, one ten. We've got Essendon versus Frio at Marvel. Uh, That's another close one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Bombers because they, they were pretty good on the weekend. They only lost to GWS by a couple of points. I, I reckon Essendon, just given the interruption yeah. that Fremantle have had to endure over the past couple of weeks, obviously being based on the Gold Coast, I believe, this week, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go Essendon. Yeah, I'm going Essendon. All right. Then we've got at the MCG, Melbourne, the Demons versus Blues, Carlton. I'm going to back my baggers in again. Yeah, do it again, I'm going mate. on again. Do it again. Fuck, do it again. I was so close last week. Oh, this geez, is bad for my yeah. tipping, but I'm going to go for them. And if, Mel- couple- oh. if Melbourne are going to drop their first game of the year, it's going to be to someone <laughs> like Carlton, who no one sees it coming. Um, Robbo saw it coming. Yeah, Robbo saw it coming. Oh, I'm going to go Melbourne. I'm going to yeah, tip them. Yeah, I know you to, would. I'm going to tip them. To, it's, the, it's the easy way out, but I will. Uh, I'll tell you what, if they lose their first game, I could see it being Carlton. If I had money on this, I'd <laughs> probably say Melbourne, but uh, yeah, just in my heart, I'm going the Blues. All right. Patrick Cripps have 30 and 2. we got yeah. we got to clip this for next week. Yeah, exactly. Gotta, oh, clip it. Yes, please. And they've kept going. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. last game, we've got the West Coast Eagles versus the Adelaide Crows at Optus Stadium. West Coast. Oh. Give them, yeah, that's four points to West, West Coast. Coast. Yeah, they're 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 at home. They rarely lose. Yeah, they're, I don't know what the record away is this year, but they've been winning a lot of their games at home. Yeah, and they own big games that Sunday four forty p.m. That's that, graveyard that's shift. Just, that used to be the Brisbane Lions. Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's they they they're the only ones that know how to play at that time. I reckon they yeah. they get enough of it. I think that's a uh, I think that's us for for this week. Yep. Thank you for coming up again, Shawnee T. I'd really appreciate that. We have Jack on the deck, and uh, I, I do I do like the little bit of um conversation coming from him. We got the, we it's got the team. Chat. I reckon that mic stays on all That's, next that week. That on. <laughs> but no, thanks for coming up. Um, shout out to our sponsors. I don't think we have any at the moment. Culture Kings? Oh, Culture Kings, yes, we do. Yes. Oh, should we get the voucher for that? I didn't tell him about that. No, I was waiting for you to jump in. Then I didn't want to offer it to him just in case we don't have it. <laughs> in case I want to use them. <laughs> he gets a $100 Culture Kings voucher, shoe McCluggage. But no, thank you so much. I think um, I will give a shout out to High for Hire who are doing my segment for their scene. I will give them a little plug. Um, they, they're looking after me, so... Boom. Thanks for that. Uh, we will be back 